0: already introduced him, Ian Law from the the Equal Opportunities Commission. How are you this afternoon? I'm very well. And what are we going to be talking about today, Ian?
1: Well, we've just had Mother's Day and we're well on the way now to Father's Day and I thought it would be a good time to talk about um, how you might go about balancing work and family responsibilities but also how discrimination laws might help.
0: Does the Equal Opportunity Commission receive uh, many complaints relating to the issue of flexible working conditions because of family commitments? We don't get a lot. It's probably around about 4% of all our
1: complaints. But we're finding that the caring role is increasingly becoming an issue for all of us. And and that's not just with young children, but also with our ageing parents. Uh, For example, um, 88.5% of parents receiving informal primary care are cared for by their daughters. However, the, the Commission sometimes does take complaints on the basis of sex or marital status discrimination. I've got an example of a case from the Federal Court that I might uh, tell you about, if that's all right. Please do. Well, th- this is from the Federal Court, and the uh, woman's name um, surname is Song, and it was Ainsworth Game Technology. We don't normally mention uh, the names of people, but seeing as this is published, I will. Now... Now, Ms Song worked for this organisation and she had a young son who needed to be transported from preschool to a carer each day and she said that she had an informal arrangement with her employer to do that. So what she'd do would be she'd take 20 minutes each day at about 3 o'clock but she'd still work 38 hours per week, which was her contract. But after about 12 months of doing this, one of her managers said, hey, we don't have any arrangement with you to do this and uh, you're going to have to change your employment from full-time to part-time if you want to continue to do it. Now, she said, well, that's not right. Uh, You've agreed to me doing this and my contract's 38 hours. But they continued to insist and said she must change to part-time work. Now, it wasn't resolved and she claimed that she'd been discriminated against on the ground of family responsibility and the case went to the federal court. And the court found that the company had discriminated against Ms Song on the basis of her family responsibilities and it ordered a number of things. Firstly, it had ordered that they pay her $10,000 for general damages and it ordered that the employment agreement be varied so that she could be permitted to take her lunch break from 2.55pm to 3.25pm uh, and that during that time she could go and collect her son.
0: Would a flexible workplace mean that both men and women could participate in combining family commitments and work?
1: Well, I think you're quite right. Uh, Research suggests that um, men who choose to leave the office at 5pm to pick up children from crèche, or who, for instance, might refuse to come in early or to work weekends, find themselves in the same sort of position as working mothers have traditionally done. They're not considered to be adequately serious about their jobs. For example, one study that's been conducted showed that um, just 8% of Australian managers believe that fathers should be entitled to 52 weeks unpaid leave after the birth of a baby, and about a third supported a -a five-day-a-year special family leave entitlement. Another study in 2003 looked at 1,000 Australian fathers, and that showed that a major barrier to them being the kind of father they'd like to be is the commitment they have to paid work. And and that's that stereotype of the male being the breadwinner. So, look, we think there needs to be a culture change.
0: Flexible working hours sounds like a good thing for both men and women, but what about businesses? Won't this add add another burden on them, and why should they be interested?
1: Well, there are a number of reasons. The, The demographics of the workforce are changing. There's growing numbers of working parents, students who are combining work with study, and a growth in women's workforce participation also you've got the workforce is aging and there's a decline in the number of young workers put all this together with the skill shortages that your listeners have probably heard about and the labor demands that employers have and it suggests that employers should be doing all they can to um, attract and retain staff and businesses that really understand this i think are already introducing fam- family friendly practices uh, including paid maternity leave an example of that um, a Victorian company um, had uh, introduced a range of family friendly policies and that enabled one of their employees Liz who has two young children to continue work initially she worked part-time sometimes from home um, and that was after she had children but now she works full-time with her children attending a company sponsored crèche close to her office She's not only very loyal, but she's become the first woman in the organisation to be promoted to a position where she's now responsible for more than 100 staff and a budget worth tens of millions of dollars.
0: Is there any legal obligation by employers to have family-friendly employment practices?
1: Well, but the duty to provide a discrimination-free workplace can oblige the employer to look at and provide family-friendly practices. If family-friendly practices can improve gender equity, then it's not surprising that their absence can in some cases amount to sex discrimination. But ultimately, having flexible working arrangements available to all staff may also help to remove discrimination complaints all round. And the same sorts of flexible arrangements, such as working part-time or phased return to work, could apply whether it's to help someone with their caring responsibilities or to help someone who's returning to work after an injury.
0: And what are the other costs of not being flexible?
1: Well, the the most obvious one is the cost of attracting and keeping good staff. There's also the cost of staff turnover. Uh, A recent estimate is that the annual cost in the retail industry of turnover is $397 million. Another example is that um, it's suggested that it costs around $80,000 to replace a bank teller who might leave if they had 10 years' experience.
0: And what can people do if they think that they have been treated unfairly because of marital status or family responsibilities? Well, they could contact the Equal Opportunity
1: Commission and um, a number of ways of doing that. Call us on 8207 1977 or email eoc at agd, that's as in alpha-golf-delta, .sa.gov.au, or our website is www.eoc.sa.gov.au.
0: Well, there you go. Excellent. And if you want any more information, look onto the website. And what can we look forward to next month? Well, I thought we might move on to having a look at race discrimination. If you'll have me back, I would definitely like to have you back next month. That'd be great. All right, love to, and I'll see you then. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Ian Ian Law from the South Australian Equal Opportunity Commission. It's three forty-seven. You're listening to Achievability. Our next song is the song by George, and it's Release here on Radio Adelaide one hundred one point five.